0: Welcome to another episode of the JMS podcast. Today's guest is comedian Tina Allen Gallo. She is awesome. If you haven't heard of her, you have to check her out. She is so great at what she does, as far as stand up, and she's just a great person to talk to. You know, she really makes you feel comfortable when when you talk to her, and and I don't know what it is, uh, she has that motherly feeling to her, and and I like it. I like it very much. Uh, So stay tuned for our conversation. A lot of great insight if you're into comedy. And also a lot of great insight in general about life. She really has a lot of wisdom with her, with experience. And I really enjoyed talking with her. And uh, so sweet. Great news. Uh, It was a bit of a surprise. But now I'm glad to announce that this podcast now has a video aspect to it. No, I'm not videoing myself talking to my guest yet. No, I'm not ready for it. Uh, I still got to lose a couple pounds, okay? However, as far as the music branch of this podcast, I'm producing a video series on YouTube called JMS Podcast Sound Sessions. It's just a a very acoustic, one-take video of a musician, most likely a guest from here, and... uh, I want to make it really interesting and shoot it in different locations around San Jose and possibly anywhere else too, depending how well this, this uh, video branch goes. And if it gets a lot of attention and, and good feedback, I, I might, you know, try different locations outside the box and contact different musicians locally and who knows, maybe I get lucky and we get a, a big uh, profile band to play for the JMS Podcast Sound Sessions. But anyway... Check out our fir- my first video. It's funny. I want to say R. Like, as if I have a team behind me, I wish I really, I really wish I did have a team behind me. It make everything easier. But, but uh, we, oh, fuck it. Let's just say we. Yes, we are happy with this new um, endeavor for the podcast. So check it out. Go on YouTube. Search JMS Podcast at Sound Sessions. And the first video I put out there is a musician called Brandon Southworth he's one of my early musical guests and he was a great guy to talk to if you haven't checked his um his episode you should you should go back I forgot what number he was but uh, he he plays a very soulful kind of music and so he played a great song uh, for me and I videotaped it and you could find it on YouTube search JMS podcast sound sessions now I do know uh, there's another JMS Podcast? I don't know what that's about. It's some three white kids from God knows where. Um, Don't know what to do with us, but don't mistake that for me Um, because obviously I'm not. Well, I act like a kid sometimes. But anyway, just search JMS Podcast. Uh, It it has the logo, so you can recognize it by the logo. And again, subscribe to the JMS Podcast Sound Sessions um, YouTube page. Also, follow JMS Podcast on Twitter. And on Instagram. And on Facebook. Can't say it enough. I love, I love, I love the feedback from it. And yeah. I think that's I, all I got to say right now. If you have any questions or anything like that. Or you know somebody in the community that you want to have on the podcast. Please email me at jmspodcast at gmail.com. And alright. That's about it. Yeah. I'm so happy. I'm excited. That's what it is. I am excited because the possibilities have just opened up even more for this podcast as far as music. Um, and me. it helps me flex out my filmmaking skills. So again, JMS Podcast Sound Sessions. Check it out. And also check out my conversation with Tina Allen Gallo.
1: Ridiculous because Christmas is coming and I haven't gone shopping for my son yet. So and oh. people are asking for lists. So I'm like, sure, I don't know what he wants. He's two. Get him a toy. <laughs>
0: there you go. <laughs> you know <laughs> any it's, toy works exactly. Does, does he have a preference?
1: Um, yeah, a little bit. He's into trucks. He's all boy. He likes trucks. He likes the. Gar- he was a garbage man for Halloween because he loves oh. he loves our garbage man. We know him by name. John. Oh,
0: do you, do you talk to your garbage oh, man? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. we have
1: fun. Are you kidding? He knows him. He gets out of the truck and he honks at him. And so every garbage can, every truck we see, he goes, John. It's like, no, that's not John.
0: I never could talk to my garbage man because it's like I wake up so late. Yeah, <laughs> so he much comes, time I wake he comes up, up in the afternoon he comes. for us. Oh, does so, he? Yeah, so oh. he
1: sees him and he, he sees the tractor in the morning that picks up the green stuff. Yeah. Then he <laughs> sees John, who's the recycling
0: guy. Not, not that I recall when I was younger, when I used to visit grandma's. um the I do remember that the garbage man will come a little bit later in the day. Yeah. And every time she would send me I was like five, she would send me like with with a Pepsi or the Coca Cola oh, to give to the garbage man. Isn't that nice? And yeah.
1: We've given him cookies, we've made him cookies, cookies. and <laughs> we got him a garbage man a garbage truck ornament for Christmas that Cameron's gonna give him, so that's sweet. Yeah, he's a nice man. He's actually like, he loves he's seeing Cameron is like the best thing all day for him. Uh yeah.
0: So Tina yes. what? What's your story? Where were you we born and raised? Let's What's start there. What's
1: my story? What's my story? I was actually born and raised in Sunnyvale, California. Although uh, I You're a local accent. gal. I am. Although I have an accent. My family's from Jersey. So I was the first one born. So I kind of have the accent because that's how I grew up with everybody talking like they're from Becky's. So uh-huh. yeah, I was born and raised in Sunnyvale and um, went to school here. Went to elementary, junior high, high school. I went to college here as well. I went to uh, San Jose, Dianza in San Jose State. Oh, so yeah,
0: I'm I'm following your footsteps. Uh, really? Well, I really? I went go. to Deanza and I'm good. in
1: San Jose State. It's a good way to go. What, I part, wish,
0: of, what part of Jersey is your family Um, from?
1: They're from Belleville, outside of Bloomfield, so it's kind of by Newark. It's uh, oh. Frankie and Valley and the Four Seasons came from Bloomfield, Bloomfield, so that's why most people know. So it's more northern. It's closer to New York. Right. And then I have family in New York, and I have family in uh, South Jersey.
0: Is that I the kind of music I mean. you grew up on?
1: Uh yeah. Oh, I I I my whole family were all over the place. My mom loved country western, and I hate it. Wow. I like R and B, hip hop, everything, all the '80s music was that's she, when I grew up.
0: Was she a New Jersey gal, but just like country western, or does she come from a, a no? Boost she in the country was born western. and
1: raised in New Jersey. Oh. She just there's a country base in New Jersey though, which is weird. You wouldn't think there is, but there is a country base. I don't know where it came from. It scares the hell out of me. So does it? I, well, I hate it. <laughs> I hate the music so much. The only one I liked was when she was growing up. I liked Dolly Parton and I like Kenny Rogers, and those were her two favorites. But now she likes... I don't even know. I have to call my friend when I want to buy her a CD for Christmas who likes country because I don't know any of these people. Mm -hmm. I'm like... Who's the big guy with the beard? And she said, "Toby Keith." Okay, I'll get that one then.
0: But then again, like big guy with the beard, there's so many of them. Like I that. know, huh? It's C- like, it could be Willie <laughs> Nelson. <laughs> Who's the it guy that be...
1: sings about incest? Well, let's see. Oh. That could be any <laughs> of them. It's like, oh, so that's that guy. Yeah, no, it's true. It's weird. It's but yeah. So I don't know where it came from. She just liked it. And you know, my uncle, my uncle's like hard rock, and I, I guess it's the era you grew up in. Because when yeah. I grew up, it was very R and B, very pop. You know, I grew up in the 80s, so I am a big 80s fan, big Duran Duran fan. That's my band, so. Duran Duran. Oh, yes, I just saw them recently. Did you? Love them. They make me happy. Even now? Oh, God, yeah. Now I'm still like a 16-year-old when I see them. I see John Taylor walk out, and I'm just like, ah!
0: I, I think it's interesting when you grow up and you watch your, you know, musical idols grow up as well at the same time.
1: And they've grown up well. I have to say, yeah. some of them, you look at some of the old ones and they're all wrinkled and, you know, too many drugs. And <laughs> these guys, they did their drugs, but, you know, not so much. And yeah. they, they still are pretty. They're still pretty. Yeah. And, they're, and they're very nice. And just, I love their music. Yeah. And
0: I can I only hope I could still get older and, and look know, pretty. I know. Wouldn't that be right. nice? Yeah. I just
1: look at them I'm like, what's your secret? You know, and they would probably say girls. I'm like, eh, I'm all right. So, yeah. I'm all right. <laughs> I'll get the boys drag suck my essence right mm. out of my face. Now,
0: since <laughs> your mom was into this uh, type of music, I assume it was a blue collar family.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. We are. Way, mm-hmm. I grew up in a my mom single mom. mom I never met my dad. Um, so he took off way early. My parents were never married. So I was one of those kids. But that's cool. You know. I mean, do you
0: have any siblings?
1: No, I'm I'm the only one. Um, I was lucky though. I grew up. My mom, you know, is the first born out of four in a traditional Irish Italian. Catholic family. So back in the day, wow. you know, when she had me with no dad, no marriage, it was, you know, I was 1969. I was born. I'm an old lady. But, um, you know, that wasn't popular. That wasn't, that was, that was not like now more accepted. It was a little, so it was really hard for her, I think, you know, and, um, but I grew up with my, I grew up in the house with my grandmother, and my grandfather, and then her, she has two brothers and a sister. So my uncle, who is about 10 years older than me, we kind of grew up like brother and sister because he was only 10 when I was born. So we kind of grew up like we were brother and sister. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't even call him my uncle unless I'm referring to him. Like when I see him, I call him by his first name. I don't and his wife, too. It's weird. I don't call her aunt. I call, But everybody else is uncle this or aunt this. <laughs> uh-huh. And um, yeah, so, no, they were workers. You know, my grandfather decided he wanted a friend of his came out here and was making money. And so my grandpa said, let's get in the car they drove cross-country my my uncle was one when that happened he was a little baby and they drove and uh yeah my and they my grandfather was working i don't even remember what he came out here to do but i know at the end he was a carpet man he was laying carpet and linoleum and stuff like that and my grandmother worked in the restaurant industry and the hotel industry my mom she's uh she, she did work. She didn't go to college. She went to high school. She went to Sunnyvale High School it was where she ended up graduating. She was like – she came here when she was probably like 14, 15. And so my whole family, they did grow up out here, but they were all born back east. So, um, yeah, what, they had a were.
0: culture shock to go from the east side – to the west I, coast during the
1: 60s definitely yeah. definitely and they were old school you know my grandma was a tough tough grandma she was, she was great I mean she was the best but she was in charge she was definitely in charge and my grandfather thought he was in charge but he wasn't but so it's know, like uh,
0: he wore the pants of the family and she lets him say so
1: yes she she made sure he put them on correctly yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know that's basically it but yeah. you know, she was old school Italian or Irish my grandma was Irish and she um, was very Catholic very Catholic like crazy Catholic Catholic, Catholic who cursed, which I love. Oh. But um yeah, she was she was um, she was going to be a nun actually before she met my grandpa.
0: Oh, and he, and he talked her. I out know. Of it? I'm
1: like, good lord, what? My grandma had my grandpa had some game. Yeah, I'm, I'm better than Jesus. How do you do that? <laughs> I do you like, top that? I know. I always wanted to ask that question, but it was <laughs> like, no, you don't ask that question to your grandparents. But um yeah, they were they were fun, and they were working. They were working class. I grew up. Very working class. I started working when I was like sixteen, and I put I paid my way through college. And well,
0: at work, were you at sixteen?
1: Oh, I was working at a produce stand. <laughs> nice. In Sunnyvale, actually, it's actually a popular one now. But um, it used to be a little shack on the side of the road, and then the, the people who owned the, um, the the property developed it and it went into a strip mall. So I was working in a strip mall, and it was a it was a produce stand. I loved working there, So you,
0: you sold vegetables?
1: I sold fruits and veggies. That's right. And I still can pick out a good watermelon. Uh, <laughs> I can't, actually. Just, it's funny.
0: Is, is it the knock, the tapping? It's
1: the knock. It is. It has to right. sound hollow. has yeah. to sound hollow. Kind of like, you know, how I feel in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so my family grew up here. They're still here. You know, we still have family back east, but, like, the core family is still here. Most of my family lives in San Jose. My mom still lives in Sunnyvale. And then my uncle, one uncle, lives in San Ramon. Mm-hmm. And then, like I said, I don't know my other side of my family, but that's all right.
0: That's right. He, miss,
1: he missed out, you know. Whatever. Yeah. It works out. My life would have been very different, I think. I know he's from Oklahoma, which I'm like, oh, Christ. I'm like, really? My mom's from Jersey. He's from Oklahoma, and we live in California. What kind of messed up dichotomy is that? Maybe
0: that's where the country western influence came in. I thought
1: so, but I don't think so because she used to like, you know, the doo wop. She used to, you know, dance and do all the 50s, 60s music. She liked Elvis and Fabian and all that stuff when I was growing up. Mm. So, and the Beach Boys. Things like that. So I don't know where it came from. I really don't. I Nobody else in my family liked, well, one, my cousin, but she's like 23. But nobody else listens to that type of music but her. So she's always, you know, she does her own thing. We all kind of do. We all do our, we all have our own thing. We all have our own favorite football teams and none of them are the same. What's yours? Red, Washington Redskins, which nobody understands. No, I don't even understand. I think <laughs> when I was a kid, well, they suck every year. Right? Yeah. I mean, it's like people go the Redskins. They they haven't won since the '80s. I'm all, I'm okay with that. I'm all right with that. I don't I uh, don't it's care. It's it always about winning. I think I just like their their logo because my father supposedly was part Native American. I don't know 100. percent I just know from what they said. And I think when I was a kid, not knowing my dad, and I saw the logo, mm. so that's why I'm kind of sad that they're thinking about changing the logo because it has a totally different. I don't. Look 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 at it the same way that other people that they do. So, but I get it, you know. But so
0: you see where they're coming from,
1: kind of, kind of. I try to. If it was me, I would try to look at it as it's our nation's capital, and they pick that. I would try to look at it as an homage, as opposed to a disrespect. But Mm. I get it. I mean, it's not a weird looking. Indian. It's not like the Cleveland Indians, which is this cartoony looking one. I would think that would yeah. be more offensive than that the was, one that actually looks like and, and, and it was red as well. The guy. Exactly. Yeah. And the, it's pretty bad. Yeah, because I have redskin stuff with the guy on them and I wear it out. I'm like, here's Whitey wearing her redskins. Watch out.
0: <laughs> so sports played a big part growing up?
1: I was a sports reporter actually when I first got out of college. I was one of oh. the first sports female sports reporters for the Santa Cruz Sentinel. Which was actually pretty You were the cool. first female, female. yeah, they sports didn't have reporter. Any females in the Santa Cruz Sentinel? Yeah, it was cool. I actually liked it because in Santa Cruz it was weird sports. I got <laughs> I did like I did a feature story on the guy who in street, invented street luge. What is that? Um, that's like lugeing on the street. It's on skateboards basically. He was a skateboarder. Excuse and he, my
0: ignorance, but well, what's lugeing?
1: Um, it's the you know in the Winter Olympics when they're on that sled and they lay down and they go through the twists and turns. Have you ever seen that? Oh! Yeah, they lay down bobsledding. on their back. It's Well, no, Those the, bobsledding, they're sitting up. Lujing they're laying down on their back. Oh. And it's, they're about that... They're like an inch off
0: the so ice. So, a Jamaican movie would not work on Lujing. No, that would be no. weird. They'd okay. probably
1: try it, though. If they, they, They'd probably do better. But, <laughs> the, yeah, so this yeah. is on the street with, and with tires and stuff. Like, so, I got a, this guy, 50-year-old guy with a purple goatee. And then I used to get to go to the beach and do um, volleyball and soccer. So, that was... That was a pretty cool gig at first. It was like, wow, I have to go to work. I have to go to the beach. Is that Ooh. what you studied,
0: communications? And- I did. I was oh. a
1: journalism major. I And when I went to San Jose State, I was actually at De Anza, I was the editor-in-chief of La Voz, which is their... It's still there. Yes, yeah. it is. It is. That's their newspaper. It's an award-winning newspaper. I It was when I was there, too. That was fun. I actually was the sports reporter and then the... Um, then I was a city reporter, and then I was the uh, editor in chief for one year. It's fascinating. Yeah.
0: What attracted you to to this? You know, when I was a field? kid,
1: my mom said I used to love to watch the news, and I still do, weirdly enough. But when I was a kid, like really little, I used to hang in my 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 um, playpen and watch the news. There was a news anchor named Roger Mudd. I I don't even I don't even remember him, but I looked him up, and he was a very ugly man. And mm. I don't know why I was so infatuated with him, but. <laughs> My mom said I used to go up and kiss the television. Wow. When he would be on, I liked his voice, I guess. I don't really know what it was. I don't remember it. But I was always into it and I like writing, so I, I unfortunately went to print journalism, which was dying out at that time. Every, you know, the TV was bigger than internet started. And mm-hmm. then so it, it was writing, even writing for the internet is different than writing for journalism. I liked informing people. I'm a nosy person, so I like to know stuff. So that was my attraction to that. And then when I got into it, I found that it was extremely different than what they teach you in school. Mm -hmm. They teach you to be objective and this, and it's not true. Every media has an agenda. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the small papers. I worked for Tiny Papers Freelancing, and, you know, I... There were, two, there were two reasons I ended up going out of it. One, I was at a, a local newspaper that I worked for a long time, and I want to say it because I don't want to piss anybody off. but um, And I did an article about an alternative high school. And funny enough, my husband, and I found out later, he went to this alternative high school.
0: What is an alternative high school?
1: It's, an alternative high school is for kids that have issues. Usually, the most kids, that, the most of the time the people go there is because they've had so many absences. Hmm. that they can no longer stay in the public school system. So it's kind of like a private school, but it's alternative. There is a different way of approaching the way that they teach. There's a lot of kids that are pregnant because Hmm. they've missed so much time. There's a lot of kids who had problems with drugs or may have come from an abused home. My husband went to this school which I found out later, this was way after I wrote, like, I mean, he had already been there and gone, I think, yeah, because well, he's younger than me, I have to think, uh, he's not that much younger, it's not like, you know, I was, in, I was in college and he's still in, you know, junior high, Right. but, um, although that would have been fine. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm dating someone very young recently, um, so. Um, you know what, I am an advocate uh, uh, yeah. of the young people, I've only dated one older guy and he cheated on me with my best friend, so. Oh, ouch, what's that the story was, behind that one? Oh, I'll give you that one in a minute, let me finish about my husband real quick. <laughs> he went there because. Because he didn't fit in at his high school he grew up in the area too and he went to Saratoga high school which was very snooty and my husband was a straight edge punk rocker if you meet him now you'd be like really? he used to have the hair and the, he used to wear more makeup than I wear in a week it's like he used to just put tons of makeup on wear it all black and be kind of into death and he was an art guy and at Saratoga everybody was on the football team and they were all blonde and cute and they used to Mm. basically just torture him Uh you know just oh yeah he there's a story about a girl that pretended she liked him and then like brought him somewhere and they like they like just they just attacked him basically and were just mean and they just made this big spectacle of him and funny enough we've she's um, the daughter of a winery and
2: our, my brother-in-law That's was going to so get typical. married there.
1: And I'm like, you know what? If you go there, you don't want me to go there because I'm going to rip into that girl. Because it was terrible. It was like bullying to the umpteenth degree. Like he, she pretended she liked him and everything. And then when it was like something they were supposed to do, she just totally just dissed him and all these people. And he just wasn't succeeding there. Yeah. So his mom pulled him out and put him in this other high school. And he did great. He was on the track team. He had tons of girlfriends and... It was just different. So it's just a place that kids can feel better. It
0: it tells you how important it is to to raise kids to really respect other people who are different from them because it really affects people's Livelihoods.
1: That's what I'm saying. If you saw a picture of my husband in high school and you saw a picture of him now, very different. Steven's still got – he's still got a different look about him. He's He's got, like, the goatee without the mustache. I don't even know what that's called. It's, it's, <laughs> it's called that. something, but I don't know what. He's still <laughs> yeah. in, he still is got a kind of macabre side about him. I mean, you go in our house and people flip out because, like, bookends are skulls. Uh-huh. And people think that's so crazy. And it's just us. Like, my son, he – at Halloween, he's two – he the neighbors had all these scary things on their porch and he kept, he wanted to go say hi to them no other kid would go up to this house but my 2-year-old blonde kid and he's like let's say goodnight to the monsters i'm like my kid's going to be afraid of ladybugs and rainbows that's what my kid's going to be afraid of you know but um so he's just he's got a different side he's artsy he looks at things a very different way but if you looked at like my uncle saw a picture of him and was like who the hell is that at our wedding, we had one of those slideshows. And I'm all, that's Stephen in high school. So get the hell out of here. I said, no, that's him. He's like, wow. And he got all freaked out. all. He's still the same person. He's still the same person inside. He just looked different on the outside. And I mean how many of us didn't do you know back in the 80s we wore the big hair and the right. the the cut, put the stripes in or put all the things on it's the same thing mm. you know it's the same I, thing. I couldn't even
0: imagine like 50 years from now look back and oh look gosh. at my high school pictures
1: I look at them now and I'm like it feels like <laughs> it was 50 years ago but now it's different but yeah, so that's I did an article on this st- on this school and they completely changed my lead and made it sound like all the kids that went there were drug addicts pregnant Derelicts, just horrible kids, and that that's a very small percentage of the kids that so they tried to
0: sensationalize it
1: they wanted and this is a small local paper We're in an affluent area, so we got i and they kept my name on it. I told them when I saw the change, I said, You need to take my name off this. This is not the story I wrote. They left it on. We got phone calls and letters from the parents whose kids lived in this affluent era but went to that school. Because now it portrayed their child as a drug addict or, a you know, a stupid person or, a, you know, somebody that couldn't keep up in the regular school or they were pregnant, mm-hmm. you know, and so that became a big thing. And I thought, you know, that's just that's that's not the way it's supposed to work so I quit there
0: and the blame came to you because your name's on it
1: my name's on it so I had they to practically to, threw you under the bus oh I had to go to a school board meeting and everything and and you know I, I told them it wasn't the original story but my name is on it I have to take the responsibility and it just I, it just disillusioned me really fast and then my last story that I did when I was writing for a newspaper, it was a, a fire in East Palo Alto, and uh, the family couldn't get out because of all the bars on the windows. Yes. There was a gentleman in the, on the lawn crying his eyeballs because he just lost his whole family. There was like nine people living in this house. He lost all his kids, his wife, his grandmother, everybody. And they wanted me to interview him, and I couldn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't do it. I said, this man has just lost... What am I going to ask him? How does he feel? I know how he feels. You know, yeah. I mean... He needs some time, and they said, "Well, we need a quote." I'm like, "Well, I could ask the cops, or I could ask the police officers, or the neighbors." No, they wanted a quote from the family, and I said, "Then you need to send somebody else." And I just realized that there's, you know, even there's some parts of journalism that are just it's too invasive, and I just I didn't I didn't see the point. So well, it,
0: it's that it's that it, like constant has to be done yesterday mm-hmm. kind of feel to it. And it's, you it's that You always gotta c- beat somebody else Exactly Like I know in San Jose State I was having a um, Breakfast with a couple of students Like I'm a film student But I hang okay. out I hang out with the radio people Yeah, like yeah. The Theater Well it's with, all with media journalism. In right, some way exactly. form. And one of the girls Like she was ready to switch majors And I asked like, her What happened And she's like She was in journalism For a while You know for the, for the school Yeah And there at the time a suicide happened at the university oh. and her immediate thought was did someone take a picture of it or is it was anybody there to is that to crazy? Correspond? and once she realized that, that 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 was her immediate you know reaction she's like i can't do this i
1: totally feel for her because i have the same reaction it was the same thing i said sh- i was thinking should i take a picture of this man on the lawn and i'm like oh my god who am i all of a sudden here's this man who lost his whole family he is broken down all by himself and i'm thinking should i take a picture
0: well, that's the catch yeah. twenty two when it comes to journalism, where they expect you objectivity, mm. and sometimes you have to be amoral, meaning you know not really yeah be too sympathize or I guess what's the word I'm looking for.
1: You're not empathetic. You're not. You're not. You're not caring about you because t- it's about the facts. It's yes, about, but it's, it's what hard. The people want to know, and yeah. that's the other problem is that people do want to see that. People yeah. want to see the carnage. The you know, I mean, think about when Princess Diana was killed. Everybody wanted a picture of her in that car. Why? Yeah. What? And and then it came out, and I saw it, and I was like, Oh my god! I could have went my whole life without seeing that, because now that's that's what stuck in my head. Yeah. But people want it. They do. So so I just moved out of that and I went to marketing, which is almost the same. <laughs> <laughs> Worst <It's> probably. All <laughs> <dumb> bullshit about <laughs> stuff nobody cares about, and I'm selling it to you. But so no, I went to marketing, writing, and <clears> stuff <throat> like that, and then I went into teaching. I've had a lot of careers actually. It's it's bizarre. I know. I think about it. Yeah, I when think it makes a changing... you
0: more, you know, round
1: person. You, I just you, think you... I just change my mind a lot too. Is that what happens? I, I f- think I get bored or something. I don't know. Is but that co- is that common growing up? Yeah, I get. Yeah. No, you know, I. But, I but just you never
0: did. get bored of Duran Duran. No,
1: no, no. And I never attached Duran Duran to a boy. And never, you never like mm. thought of a song and associated with a boy because boys will come and go. But Duran Duran is always there.
0: You know, I need to work i i associate certain songs or or albums to certain women i've dated or
1: certain parts of your life see that I do that like I yeah. do remember like funny enough this is so bizarre right driving over here I was listening to a uh, ninety eight one which is uh old school r and b they're playing ice ice baby by by vanilla ice yeah I had the biggest smile on my face because it reminded me when that song and I used to go dancing at the club and how much fun and I was thinking about people that i i, I the whole way over here I was like yeah. in a good mood because I'm like <laughs> God, I love this. Song. I don't care what anybody says. I love this song, and it's so stupid, but it does remind you. It reminded me of the time when I used to go dancing and all my friends and the people I haven't seen, and it's fun. I mean, it's
0: like a good nostalgia.
1: Media has got It's good I'm its place. I'm
0: 25. I'm surprised I'm using that word uh, nostalgia. You know, because I, I do
1: you I get nostalgic. I think you can be nostalgic you, at any age. I think any uh, age you are, really. I mean, there's there's you. I mean, being older. There's different, cra- my 20s, my 30s, my 40s, my teens, there's all, it's it's a transition. Everything's mm-hmm. a transition and, and you learn and, you know, and I've been doing comedy for 16 years now. I was just thinking about that on the way over here. It was like 16 years and it's very different because I took a break, as you know, because I had my son mm-hmm. and I broke my ankle and then I came back and when I came back, nobody knew me at Caravan except for three people. mm mm-hmm. And it was funny. It was they were looking at me like. I remember the
0: first time I saw you. You blew me away. You, you like, <sighs> thank I was like, you. you. You the way you perform. You were a veteran, like experienced, like because I it never seen time, you before. But that's, yeah. And you came in and you just knocked it out of the park. I'm like, well, wow. You. Like I thought it was your first time. I'm like, you know what? I'm, <laughs> Who is this girl? I'm like, I'm quitting. My, I'm quitting. This is my first time. time. Was
1: just as probably it it was good. But tell me about your first time. My first time, God, it was. Uh, Comedy, please. Yeah. So God. Yeah. I don't know if I can remember back to the other first time. It was so long ago. I was (laughs) old. Oh my God! I was just I was late though. I was only I was seventeen, so I was old for my girlfriend's those sluts I used to hang out with. Uh I love you all. um It, but, it, it's a term of endearment, you know. It, it is. To people, oh, yeah. I, yeah. No, I, we, I. The names I call my friends. I'm surprised I have any. <laughs> but no, I started 16 years ago. At up. I I was laid off from a bunch of jobs. Basically, what happened? I was in marketing, and it was when the dot com boom was going on, and then 911 and everything. Is that
0: when you were the fir- frontier of podcasting? As yes,
1: well? actually, that's when I was. I did a thing called Stardust dot com Talk Radio, where we would interview people about. Um, it was when before. I mean, it's so easy now. It's yeah. So, I mean, God, we used to have to take it. We used to do it on a cassette tape.
0: Yeah, analog. To turn a, the
1: cassette tape to a wave. Uh-huh. Turn a wave to an MP3. Yeah. And then and then, oh my God, it was crazy. It was it, now. I would. I I need to do a podcast again. It's so simple.
0: Yeah, yeah. Before you had, you had digitized analog.
1: Yeah, and you have really nice mics. Stuff. We had crap mics. Oh my oh, God, our oh. mics were so terrible. We're, it's but, like open they're pricey mic mics. mics. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: But yeah, here it's it's already. Uh, in wave yes. and i just edit and boom that's exactly. it exactly yeah. that's
1: the nice part because you can't it, it, it just was crazy <laughs> so i used to just interview about technology things mm-hmm. that were coming up like now i was telling you before like voice over ip that's big now mm-hmm. then it was when it was first starting so i was talking about that i was talking about you know virtual servers and Stuff like that. And I am not, I was not an engineering major. I knew nothing. I mean, I came from journal, sports journalism, and here I am interviewing people about technology that I have no idea. But Sometimes was that's the at, best
0: perspective to have.
1: And I was good at research, so I would do a lot of research beforehand to ask questions, and I would ask some of the people in my office that were the techie nerd boys, and girls, and um, ask them what they would want to know you know and what would you ask and what what is you know what is your so then i would get those questions and it was cool and it was it was it was a great experience it got me back into wanting you know it's a performance as you know even right now even though you and i are just like chatting it's still a performance you know you're still thinking about what you're saying and you you know that's my
0: problem i don't really think about before i uh, say something
1: i do sometimes not usually (laughs) That's so why I have now. I have to though. I have a two year old, so I can't. Oh, I can't talk like I used to. That's I, hard. I I come up with new curse words that mean nothing. But well, um,
0: I feel there's a, a a buffer zone where they don't understand it, and that you could say it.
1: Yeah, I think when you it, depending on your tone. I yeah. mean, He knows when I'm upset, or if I so if I said it and I said it in a pissed off way. Oh, he would understand that that's something you say when you're mad. Huh. They get they get kids get pick up fast it's crazy and he's a talker just like me so i wonder where that comes from Uh. but yeah so um i was doing that and um the company got bought by another company a larger company buys a smaller company and of course marketing is almost always the first department that they cut because it's not needed they need the engineers more than they need the well they think they need the engineers more than they need the marketing but they usually have marketing is usually a big department so that happened three times in a row and I was kind of sitting there like, what am I going to do? But I actually needed money at the time. I was like, you know, my severance was basically going and I didn't save like I should have. If I can give you any advice, if you have a good job in your 20s, put money away. So just in case it goes away, you got it. I went traveling and stuff, which I still think was great, but I wish I was making a lot of money back then. And now I'm like, where the hell is it? You know, what happened? Yeah. Oh, Spain. That's right. Um, and then I started I actually got I decided you know many people told me I was 30 and many people told me that or I was 29 when this happened and they said that I always thought it was funny and they said you know you really should do something with that and I said yeah you know I should so I started working at a comedy club I started working at Rooster Teeth Feathers as a server because they needed a server I needed money Mm -hmm. and I thought what a great way to watch comedy then I can see if I'd actually really be interested. I'd been to a few comedy shows. I'd seen it on TV. But I, you know, I thought maybe if I was there more of a day-to-day almost to see over and over different types of comics. And I really got into it. And I worked there almost about a year. And then I was talking with comics and talking with the owner and stuff like that and talked about doing an open mic. And I did an open mic, which isn't even around anymore. It's called Rosencrown, which was in Palo Alto over by Stanford. And uh, Jeff Applebaum wrote, ran it, and uh, he. You still around? Oh yeah, yeah, he's still around. He ran it with a guy named John Beck, and um, it was this little pub. But the greatest crowds it was Monday night, which you would think would be terrible, packed all the time. And I went up, and it's kind of like I always tell people, it's like opera. The first time you hear opera, you either love it or hate it. Comedy's kind of the same way. The first time you do it, you're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it. And I loved it. Unfortunately, here I am, 16 years later. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, I loved it, and I just kept going and doing it. And I had a high, I had a high point. You know, it's very cyclical comedy; mm-hmm. it's yes. up and down, up and down, as it's it should be. And it's not like it used to be. I mean, I just went and saw. Um, I don't know if you guys have seen if you've seen it. It's that documentary Three Still Standing" about Larry Bubbles Brown. I heard Will
0: about Jr. it? Yeah. If you're
1: a comic, you need to go see this. Even if you're not, even if you're a comedy fan or just mm-hmm. a, a person in general, I think as a
0: local comedian. Yes, I think you
1: should, this. but but because they started, but they were back in the heyday, back in the eighties when it was Booming. crazy. Mm-hmm. And but it's interesting to see, and that they're still around, and that their perspective has changed, but they're still doing what they love, just different ways because they're taking the opportunities that are are there. And I mean, and I kind of did that too because I had a I had a high. I was out on the road. I was performing in L.A. I was going to New York. I was doing all this stuff, um, and then. I realized I was 37 and I had just gotten out of a really, I, I thought I was getting married to this person and it was a bad breakup. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm 30. I'm going to be 37. I'm not married. Never had been married. Wanted children. Don't have any children. If I'm going to do this, I got to do it.
0: Your bi- biological uh, clock so, is ticking. You know, I
1: was thumping at the door. I was kicking down the door. Oh. It was like, you know, it, it's, it's, you're, I mean, for men, it's not the same. Men can have babies till they're 90. It's, fucking crazy. But women, you know, you just but it's like if I'm going to do it, I I need to do it. So I stopped I stopped hitting it so hard and I came off going on the road as much and Going to different venues and I stayed local and I kept it slower and I, and I started concentrating on meeting somebody and I met my husband lucky enough. Where I was actually about to give up. I was like, yeah, oh, fuck, this is terrible. I it's hate, so funny hate
0: how it. that happens. Why are you about to give up? Yep. And they come in. I and don't that's kind of how and my step, son came about. And so, where the fuck have you been? Exactly. When I needed you. I looked at him and
1: I'm like, where the hell were you? I've been, <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah. You know, and he's five, he's only five years younger than me, but I'm like, shit, I'm tired, you know? And, And we broke every rule. I mean, we broke every rule when we met. What do you mean by that? uh, We talked about, on our first phone call, we talked about everything you're not supposed to do. Religion, religion. Past boyfriends, how many people we had sex with? I mean, it, it was it was crazy. We talked about everything that you're not supposed to talk about. And I thought I did
0: not know that. Okay, oh, religion. It. I shouldn't. Well, religion
1: is not a big deal? Um. I don't think anymore. Many. It's not as you know, unless you know politics as well. He's not political. He's not religious. I'm like a half. I'm like a part time Catholic and. <laughs> I know enough to vote. I mean, yeah. I really am not political. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I you know. I don't know. I know. I do, know who I don't like and why, but that's okay. about it. But if you ask me what Prop forty three point six meant, I'm like, I don't uh, know. What's, uh, I asked my cousin. He's in the politics. I'm like, what's is that good? What do I do? Yeah. But um, yeah. So we just you know, and then uh, on a after three months of dating, he had dated somebody for seven years, and I was with somebody for three and a half years. And I said, you know what? Let's, if we're coming up on a year. If we don't think this is going anywhere, let's just cut each other loose like adults. Let's not drag this out. Let's not waste each other's time. We've been doing this, you know. And all my friends were like, you're fucking nuts. I can't believe you said that to him. He's going to bolt out the door. I said, well, if he does, then he's not the person. Yeah. You know, he obviously, thank God he left now instead of wasting, because the person I had before that basically wasted my life. He wanted out probably a long time before. Was he... this the older guy? That... No, no. he no. no, the older guy was when I was 17, actually. Oh yeah, so it started how much, me. Young. How much older? Only three years. Oh, Only three that's years. So bad. Yeah, he was. But then, uh, and then, then I went completely the opposite way. When I was twenty nine, I dated a guy who was twenty, turning twenty one. It just sounded terrible. When I turned thirty and he was 21 Oh my yeah. god, that just sounds so old. But yeah, I like that. I like them young. <laughs> I do. I still do. I still do it's terrible yeah I, I look on TV and I see this kid I'm like god he's cute and then it's like he was born in 1990 I'm like oh my god it's like what
0: well you know I usually date older women that's my oh, thing there you go. women like I have a
1: thing see if I wasn't married we could date
0: yeah, totally <laughs> but I have a thing for just you know uh, you know women who are working already who are, have their shit together uh, and, and, and you know I'm sure it could be vice versa but lately I'm dating someone younger that's a first for me mm. I'm a little nervous
1: well, you're young too, so how? I mean, she's how, nineteen. Holy Jesus, that I like it. <laughs> 25,
0: 19. That's not bad. Uh, well, in my head though, I'm like neurotic about it. It's I'm because
1: like, she still ah. has "teen" in it. It's it's the word "teen." Teen, and it's also like when I and also she thirty, and he was twenty-one. It wasn't that much different than twenty-nine and thirty, but. I, just, I was thirty. Yeah, I just was, you know
0: that life experience gap, though. It's mm, what worries me. It's like, how much am I gonna have to put up here? I don't know. But that's the way I think.
1: You'll see, and maybe not. Maybe there's she puts
0: up more with me. I don't know.
1: The, you know, my husband and I. He's like I said, he's five years younger than me. But he there's there's points where I'm like, oh yeah, he doesn't have a clue what I'm talking about. But then <laughs> sometimes he's kind of an old old soul too, yeah. and he's got my crazy sense of humor, and yeah. he's very quiet, which thank God, because if we both were like me, we'd be nobody would get any sleep. But, um, no, it's, it is different. You know, the one guy that I was dating that was young he was, he was too young. I mean, he, after a while it was, I was already in a career and he was going to college and it was a yeah. different thing. And we, when we broke up, it was more just like, we kind of just let each other go. Like we really like each other. We really care about each other, but you know what? We're at completely different places in life. Yeah. Let's just, let's go, let's go live our lives. You know, you need to be your 21 yourself. I'm 30, you know, and, uh. I think I like younger guys, though, because I don't feel as old as I am. (laughs) I do now that I have a child, but um, Mm. I don't feel 46. I I actually say it, and I'm like, ugh. It's like, really? And I I mean, complimentary, a lot of people say I don't act 46. I don't think they mean that I act like a total child. I think that... I think... I mean, when I've met a lot of younger... When I, when I met
0: you... I th- Honestly, like I thought you were like mid thirties. I love that. I, 30, I'll 40s. even take t- high thirties because the energy you had, the, <laughs> well, the you. energy you had on stage. I is, think it is, comes it, from it, my
1: son too. Yeah, and just but I've been. I think he's kept it because I mean you have to have energy to run around after a two and a half year old. I was an older mom, so. Mm. But uh, no, I've been like this my whole life though. I'm I'm a lot of energy. A lot of energy. I don't, I don't know where it comes from. I do get tired. You but. have a very
0: strong work ethic. Do you get oh, that from your mother? Yeah. single mom and working? Yeah, I think
1: from my mom, my grandma, too. My grandmother you know. worked probably until she was almost 80. I mean, she was a worker. They had to work. They had to work. It was funny. The women in my family are hard workers. My, well, I shouldn't say that because my uncles are hard workers, too. But my grandpa was kind of like, he was a worker, and then he liked to play. And he was a worker, and he liked to play. My grandma was the responsible one. My mom uh-huh. had to be responsible one because... It was just her. My uncles are very responsible, though. My, You know, I think they got that from their mom, too. And my aunt is, very, my mom's sister is, we're all, we're all workers. Mm-hmm. We're all workers. And, uh, yeah, well, I appreciate that, though. That's a nice compliment.
0: Well, it's funny, because I always say the funniest people I know are blue-collar workers.
1: That's true. I think it's because and... you know life, you know. Yeah, life,
0: yeah. and also just, you know, the hardship of it, you know, you, you know, it's, it's, you you really gotta find the humor in life because if you're doing what you do all day, it'll drive you nuts. Yeah, well, you humor. know,
1: and it's funny though because my grand my my husband grew up pretty well off actually. His his mother and father they they had money. He especially compared to me, he had money. I mean, he grew up in Saratoga, which mm. you know this area it's it's pretty good. But you look at Steven now, and you look at him back in the day. Now his older brother, you he kind of looked like he came from. He was the, you know, the guy with the the cute hair and he had the cute clothes and Stevens weren't. He used to like to go to secondhand stores and wear big old baggy trench coats and, you know, stuff like that. And I mean, but he and his brother, they do manual labor. His father was a contractor, so they do manual labor. He owns a home theater installation thing where he's crawling under houses and up in the rafters. My husband can fix or make anything. But if you look at how he grew up, you wouldn't have expected that from him. But he grew up, because his father came over here completely poor and built that all up, he grew up learning... That you have to work for it So mm-hmm. my husband is a hard worker th- We both are We yeah. both work very hard And I think that's why we get along And which, we hope to put that in our son Teo.
0: Which helps in the entertainment field Oh my god Because it's not so much about talent Or good or bad It's how much work you put into it
1: Yes And and, and to realize I think something that I realized It's something As I've come back Because I took Like I just said I, My last gig Before I had my baby I was six months pregnant And then I came I Then I was like I can't do it anymore And then I had my son And then With sleep deprivation and breastfeeding and all that other stuff that nobody wants to hear about, um, you just don't... You can't go out at night and do your thing. You can, but I'm older, too. So it's just... I was exhausted constantly. Then I had an accident when my son was about 16 months old. I fell off a chair and broke my ankle, and I couldn't walk for four months. Ouch. Oh, it was not fun with a 17-month-old child. It was... Mm -hmm. I had to depend on my mom and my aunt and my husband. He, You know, it's just... They had to do everything. I mean, my husband had to carry me to go to the restroom because I couldn't put weight on my foot oh, no. and we, I had to go downstairs at our house to go to the restroom so it was like it was a nightmare but we made it through and you, know, here's my poor son wanting me to play with him and I'm feeling terrible and blah 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 but then when I can't I, I hit kind of a depression on that because I'm just sitting here doing I felt useless and then when I could start walking I said to my husband I said you know what I gotta hit a mic I gotta hit open mic it's been almost a year Mm-hmm. And I said, I got it. I just, I miss it. And I, I need to feel creative. I need to feel like I'm doing something that makes me happy. Not that being a wife and a mother wasn't, but there was something else. And so I went and I went to, I was looking on and I needed something close because at that time my son, I was the only one that he would let him put down, put him down to sleep at night. So I had to be kind of close where that I could put him down clean up a little bit and then drive there to hit, you know, but I couldn't go to stay too late either because my son gets up at six 30 in the morning. So I'm like, crap. So Rachel, who's the bartender at uh-huh. caravan had been telling me she had a baby too. She was telling me how they have open mic there. So I wrote Atu and I said, you don't know me. This is my name. <laughs> I, this, is how long I've been doing it. I said, this is going to sound a little demanding, but let me tell you my story. And I just told him, I said, so if you could put me up around 10 30, ish that would be great i said i can't stay past midnight because i'll just be too tired and i'm not sure i'm gonna be able to get there at 9 30 when you start so if you could put me up in t- and he was very cool he wrote me back and said that sounds great mm-hmm. rachel said you're awesome I'll, I'll see you then and i thought that was really nice of him because that was a little demanding for somebody he didn't know you know and said going i can only be here and here and here it's like and and i know the comedy world you know it's you know the other places you go there. It's like, yeah, you, know, you get here, you go up when you go up, and maybe you won't go up, or you're gonna go up first, and you too bad you don't like it. Well, or you, I was gonna give you ten minutes, now you're getting four. I
0: think like, that's the great thing with the San Jose comedy scene is that it's they're still small. Community yes. where everyone knows each other. Yes. So you don't have to, you know, be as uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Competitive or competitive, but also you, you know, you don't have to be such a straight edge about certain things.
1: Yes, and you know, and it's also one other thing I realize is when I first started comedy, it was all about making it. I was going to have my sitcom. I was going to get my Comedy Central special, and I was really and I I followed a lot of rules that were set up by different as you as you know if you've been going to comedy places every owner every booker has different rules different guidelines different things they want for their demographic which makes mm-hmm. sense for their business sense right sometimes you're not the person for that demographic and but you're like no I got to play here I got to play here I, you know but I learned I I I would censor the way I was I felt like I was acting more than being me mm-hmm. um I, I, I was really like, I was always worried about what they thought about me and it was because then I wouldn't get booked again. And then when I stopped doing it for a little while, I, cause towards the end I was getting more relaxed about it, but then I came off the doing that. And then when I came back, I said, you know what, I'm just going to go and be me and I'm going to have fun and I'm going to enjoy it. And I'm, as long as they're enjoying it and I'm enjoying it, I'm okay and then I did the caravan one and it was very funny I walked in and I didn't know who I I didn't even know what he looked like you know I asked him what do you look like And it was hysterical he said I look like a Black Ewok, which correct me. Yeah. Up, and that's absolutely true if you that's, know him. He looks yeah. like a black Ewok. And I'm like, <laughs> so I'm, I'm like walking up, and everybody's outside smoking their cigarettes, and they're all looking at me because I'm like, I, I'm, I had to wear tennis shoes, which I have to wear a lot of because of my ankle break, and it had been very soon after that. So I'm, and I used to always wear heels on stage. And I didn't have that much makeup on. I was just very casual looking and kind of looking like a mom at that point because they're all 20 year olds out there, right? And here comes this old lady and I had a notepad. So they all knew that I was a comic, but who the hell is this girl? They'd never seen me. Then I saw Drew Polt, who I know, mm-hmm. and he gave me a hug and everybody's like, Wait, she knows Drew? Yeah. Because Drew's been around for a while. Drew's
0: a respected comic on exactly. here. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And then Pete Munoz was there. Another and he gave me a comic. big hug at her, yeah. and he's like, God, I haven't seen you forever and everybody's looking like, How the hell does she know all these people? Then I saw Rachel, and those are the only three people I knew. Then Atu came up to me and he said, When would you he goes, I have you up in two. I said, Do you mind if I just sit for a second, just watch the crowd a little bit? See what the comics are doing. Have my glass of wine. That's my thing. It's my Catholicism. <laughs> a little wine, little water. Um uh, yeah. they gave me a cracker, it would be awesome. And then so I did. I waited about two more comics and I said, Ah, screw it. Let's just I said, let's do it. Whenever. Whenever you want. And I went up and I, 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 I not to pat myself on the back, but I felt like I blew the roof off the place. I felt really good about it. And I've whether seen you i whether I did yes, or didn't do blew it, off. Well, thank you. Screw. I just I think even if I didn't do as well as I thought I did, I felt so good about going out there again, doing it being me and doing material and hearing people laugh. I had missed that quite a bit. And mm-hmm. it, it even if even if it wasn't as big as I thought it was, in my head and in my heart, it felt humongous. And it was exactly what I needed right then. My husband, he said, I came home and I didn't stop talking. <laughs> and he was dead asleep when yeah. he came home I, you because know, I hung out and talked to everybody afterwards and I come home and I'm like he's on. Like, how was your set babe and I'm like oh my god and I'm washing my face and putting stuff away and he is totally asleep and I'm just talking but he said it was nice to see that energy back. And for the most part, he's supportive. He, oh God, he slept yeah. when last Comic Standing season four. When I had my fifteen seconds of fame on TV, you went to the last Comic. I did. How I was, was that? I, it was well. The second time was better than the first time. The first time I st- I was on the the we stayed on the sidewalk for twenty two hours. Wow. Me and Tim Bab, we were in line together, and uh, he uh, he got there first, and he said, "You got to get here. We're like nineteenth and twentieth in line." My husband, actually, we were dating at the time. He stayed in line so that Tim and I could go to our cars and sleep for a little bit. So that Because he's oh. like, you have to perform. I don't.
0: That's a key, is. That's, that's why a... I married
1: him, I tell you. He even rigged up a thing with my car thing that I could curl my hair with my curling iron. Wow. Priceless. So um, that one I did not do well. They actually, Tammy Pescatelli was up, um, was selected that year. And she and I were very similar look, very similar style. Mm-hmm. So, but the second time I did it, I got an audition time, which was nice, because I had been doing it longer, and I got, you know, I called in, I don't have a man, I didn't have a management, it was myself, called in, and so I got an actual time, I didn't have to wait in line, which was kind of nice, but I kind of felt bad when I walked up and I see all these people sitting on the side, hi, hey, you just, I, look, remember, just yeah, I'm, yeah. I remember that, and <laughs> I almost made it, um, I'll, but um, two of the, one of the judges didn't like my stuff, and the other two—one I had worked with, Alonzo Boden, And he loves me, and he he really wanted me to go. The other person was him and Hawing, so they brought me back again, and then I and then that then they decided no, and that's mm. fine, you know, that's yeah. fine, and um, that's when I was really—I I feel like I was so tight and tense at that point. I was trying to follow all the rules. This is TV. It's you know, you got to be clean. You got to be this. You got to be that. Now, I mean, you've seen me. I like to I like to engage the audience, which is something some some comedy places don't like. Mm. They don't want you to, especially if you're the opener. If you're the headliner, you you can do whatever you want, feature kind of as well. But if you're an opener, they want you to do your set, warm up the room, say the announcements, and announce the people. That's yeah. it. They don't want you to have fun almost. It's in a way. Yeah. And so I like I like if I can talk to people. I don't always do it, but even now, like I did after I did Caravan. One of the guys asked me if I wanted to do a showcase at the improv. I said, sure. So I did that. And I hadn't been to the improv for a while. And Human, who's now the manager, was the assistant manager the last time I was there. Mm. And he's like, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. And I said, yeah, you know, I came off. I had a baby, blah, blah, blah. He's like, you up tonight? I said, yeah, I'm part of the showcase. Had a great showcase. It was for Corey Gibson. It was for Corey Gibson's oh. memorial. And uh, who I knew. She was a sweetheart. I remember when uh, I broke my ankle. Here's this girl battling cancer and she asked, I had posted, I needed somebody that could walk my dog because my husband was doing so many other things. He just, our dog was like sitting in the house all the time. So if anybody wants to make a little extra cash or knows a teenager, wants to come walk my dog, I'd love it. And she actually called me and said... I'll come over and walk here. I'm like, oh, my God. No, you can come over and chat with me. You're sick. You're not walking my dog. Yeah. yeah. I said, if you want to come over and hang out with me, fabulous. But I appreciate it. But I'm not going to have you walk my dog. And she, she did come over and we chatted once. And, you know, and then she started getting sicker. So I didn't my see her. But, yeah. No, she's a good girl. She's a good girl. So it was nice to be part of that, too. Because um, there wasn't a lot of female comics. And I remember I said to Pete Munoz, I said, you know, not that I'm asking for me to be on it, but I think you should have a few more female comics since she was a female comic. And he's like, that's a good point. You want to do it? Well, I'm sure, okay. You know, and so then from that, I got um, Bobby Lee. I got to open for Bobby Lee that weekend, whom I really enjoyed it. And so it kind of validated that not only could I still do it, but that I had grown a lot in the time that I had done it and I learned a lot and I, I think changing my approach and kind of like right now, it's like, If I can do this and make a little bit of money, or make a lot of money if it goes farther, great. But I'm doing it on my terms now in the way I like to do it and I like that.
0: I feel part of it has to do with, now that you're coming back, you see it as, back to what it is which is you having fun yes as opposed to this is a career that i might have so i need to make sure i hit these spots because i need to get you know up here and
1: i think everybody back in their mind is saying you know maybe 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 which i think you should have that ambition you should
0: you should but i feel like once you embrace it what it is and just concentrate on the now i think that opens doors much easier
1: I think so. I think so too. I think, and I think that um, the one thing that I I look back on, I not it's not that I wasn't totally myself in the beginning, mm-hmm. but I was a little more concentrated on. I was really hard on myself. I was yeah. really hard on myself. I'm like, oh my god, I so just, I totally didn't hit that. I, my beats were off. My cadence was bad. Holy crap! What am I yeah. talking about? I can you know? totally it's like, relate. Yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like. You know, seriously, I'll do it tomorrow and he'll be fine. Yeah. And, you know, I did, I went to the caravan on a whim and I was in a, my husband and I had in an argument and I was in a crappy mood. My son didn't sleep that night and I was totally exhausted and I started out really rough. And in my head, I'm going, you're just bitching right now. What you're doing is you're, ex- you're, you're bitching. You're not saying anything funny. You're complaining. Mm-hmm. That's not okay for where you are right now this is a comedy place. You need to turn your bitch into funny. Excuse me. And so I turned it, and it it was funnier. It wasn't my best set in the whole world, but it was funny how I caught myself, and I went, okay, there's being yourself, and then there's being... A complainy, whiny bitch. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear that. Not the yeah. you know, Hence why my husband and I got in the fight. <laughs> he didn't want to hear the complainy, whiny bitch, and neither did I. Something I need to work on, too. Eh.
0: I, I, I find myself doing stand-up. I'm like, I'm just complaining here. Well, no,
1: sometimes complaining is good, yeah. though. It depends. Mine was more – mine was like wasn't trying to show the light side out of it or getting people to relate Mm -hmm. Which, when you complain as a comic, I think you're trying to get, you're trying to relate to people. They're like, oh, I totally feel you. I know. I had that shit day too. That stupid driver in front of me, or the person at Starbucks, or whatever. When you're just up there and you're just like attacking them, like, you understand I'm angry. <laughs> They're like, Oh my god, go away. You know, I mean you can I've actually seen people look frightened when I've done that. Yeah. And I'm like and that's when I just kinda snapped. Actually that day there yeah. was a lady in the front and I'm like, she's gonna run. But um and and so I think but I think complaining is okay. Yeah. I think it's when it's relatable when people can go, Oh dude, I feel ya. I feel ya.
0: How about your family? Does your family support you doing comedy when you first yeah. started out?
1: Uh, yes and no. My grandmother my grandmother kept saying, don't curse and don't say anything about your body. Yeah, that didn't <laughs> work <laughs> out. And Very Catholic. I, yeah, And I'm like, so, yeah, this is coming from the woman that would have a, a, a saying. She used to sew and when something went wrong, she used to yell, you, you no good, lousy, son of a bitch. She would say it every time. And this is the Catholic lady, yeah. right? And everybody in my family curses. We use them as adjectives. They're not even bad words. They're just... Conversation enhancers, you know, they just we just say it. It's not even like it's a curse word. So mm. for her to say don't curse, I'm like, yeah, that's not gonna happen. um She, but she came to one show. She was older. She came to one show, and I had a i had a job of a, a joke about a blow job and I was like, oh my well, god, no. this is early in my career too, and I don't do that <laughs> joke anymore because it's kind of <laughs> stupid, it's kind of hacky, but yeah. Yeah, she thought, she said, oh, that was funny, a little dirty, a little bit funny. I don't know if I liked hearing about that, and I appreciated that. But no, my family's very supportive. Yeah. Um, my mom comes to a, my mom and my aunt, her sister, come to a lot of shows, a lot of shows. They they came to a lot. My mom came to a lot of them. My mom's not as outgoing. We're very different, and it's funny. People would think she's funny, and she can be outgoing, but she's a lot more like my husband, I guess, where she's quiet until she feels comfortable in a situation. And I'm not that way. I kind of walk in talking and I don't know where it comes from because nobody really is like that in my family. Maybe my grandpa was. Mm. He was kind of a... He liked going out and meeting people. He liked being with people and so do I. And I don't know if that's because I'm an only child that maybe I like to mm. go out and see people. But no, my family is super supportive. But my mom, to this day, no matter where I'm going, she, especially if it's in San Francisco because she's, she's a suburb lady... She's always worried about me. Be careful driving. Is somebody gonna walk you to your car? Mm. Blah 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 blah. Which I get it, but you know I'm five foot eleven. I can take care. I, I got this deep voice. I can take him on. I've had a baby. Uh, yes, I can, I've t- had I can a baby. take a hit. I pushed a human out of my vagina. I don't sweat you. You know, but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, but I mean that's just yeah. being a mom. Now that I'm a mom, I get it. But okay. yeah, and sometimes you know, um. After comedy, you know, you sit there and you talk to people and audience, I mean, I always think it's great when audience members come up and tell you how much they enjoyed or hated, which I haven't had that knock wood, but uh, it, when they come up afterwards and say they enjoy, it makes me feel good. You were so funny. I really liked when you said this. It made me think of this. It always makes me feel good that I related to people and that mm-hmm. they actually enjoyed it. My mom, <laughs> I love her, but she always wants to leave right after a show. She's tired, she's done She's like, okay, I don't want to chat <laughs> And I used to get annoyed with that Because she would drive with me And I'm like, well, we got to wait a minute But yeah. So when my husband started going, it was great Because he would talk to her mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, no, they're supportive And I have a, a, my cousin Just started doing comedy a couple years back And uh, he does well, Danny Allen uh, Oh, Danny Allen I know, many people go really Because we look nothing alike Danny so. Allen
0: And he goes to the caravan quite yes, a bit Yeah, uh, he hasn't been there in a while He's a teacher He's as also well. hilarious he's Maybe it runs in your family
1: it you know, my uncle Rick, very funny. Um, he's but I don't think he he's not the type of person that would go on stage. He would never but he was very funny. I mean yeah. conversations with my uncle Rick are more like a stand up routine. It's like an Abbott and Costello. It's it's very funny and we I've been like that with since he was a kid. My grandfather was that way. Um uh, my, my uncle Don eh, he's not as funny. He, he probably hate that I say that, but he's funny but not as much. I mean he's <laughs> he he my uncle Rick, but he can be. He does mm-hmm. impressions which are funny. And okay. then
0: um, so you got performers in the family.
1: Yeah, my his well Danny's mother was a singer. She was a, wow. she still sings. She's a beautiful singer. Um she uh she I I think if she had taken a different route she was a teacher for years, but I think she she would have been a singer. She was like Miss Mountain View one year when she was younger, I mm-hmm. think if I remember correctly. And uh yeah, she's she does that. I used to be a dancer when I I used to do ballet for Ten years when I was a kid, and then I got too tall and too big of boobs, so that mm-hmm. was the end of that career. But then, <laughs> when I was in my twenties and stuff, I used to do hip hop dancing. I used to, I used to, and I still do. I mean, but now with my ankle, I don't dance as well. This is hip
0: hop in the eighties, right? Oh yeah, oh so, yeah, eighties and nineties. The dancing then and now, you know. Oh yeah,
1: I can still Where? Cabbage a little running man, oh, the sprinkler.
0: So how do you feel about the latest hip hop cra- uh, dance crazes, like the twerk and the? Uh...
1: The twerk to me, it's just it's, it's 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 a change of what we used to do. We used to go side to side with our hips and they go front to back now. It's yeah. just kind of like they change the direction. Yeah. There's nothing really different. Yeah. We used to just go in a circle yeah. right to left and now yeah. they go front to back. Yeah. I... I think it's okay. We went
0: we went east west now they're going north seriously, south. Seriously,
1: yeah. seriously, I I actually like it. I mean, I think I mean some of it though. Man, some of those girls can pop their butt. I'm like, if I did that, I'd knock myself out with my it, my ass would hit my head. It's so big. I'm like, yeah. bam, you know. But it'd be like, who's hitting me? Who's hitting me? But I like that. I I do miss um some. I think I think some of the dancing has gotten dirty for no reason. Mm. Like there's no. Mm-hmm. There's no artistic look to it. Like back in the day, like even even like the electric slide, that was like a basic dance. Where I used to go dancing, we used to jazz it up. We used to be doing the, the spinning feet and spin and do a dip and kick our leg. I mean, we had we enhanced it a bit, mm-hmm. and it was fun. I but I think dancing is a I think it's a good expression. I feel
0: and, I feel dancing has always had a, a sexual undertone oh, yeah. to, oh, a, yeah. to it. Just now, it's more overtly. Oh,
1: when I was twenty, there was this guy that I thought was cute, and then I saw him dance, and I leaned over to my friend and oh, "That boy can be good in bed." That's all <laughs> I said. Oh, well, that boy's good in bed, and it's absolutely yeah. true. Yeah. It's absolutely true. <laughs> so, boys. Learn to dance, yeah. yeah. Every guy that says he won't dance, I'm like, you're never getting laid. Yeah. I'm telling you that right now. Even and once you do, you do not know if what you're doing. You do Even if you do the white boy elbows at the 90 degree, 45 degree angle and a little shaky, that's still try. Yeah, my husband doesn't dance, but actually at our wedding, um, I, we practiced in the living room for our dance, and he's actually a good dancer. That's uh-huh. the funny thing. He was like, right away, I said to him, Why don't you dance? He said he doesn't enjoy it. Now, that's the <laughs> difference if you don't enjoy it. If it makes you feel self-conscious, then <laughs> yeah. don't do it. But yeah. uh, me, I'll, I'm uh, my, our third date was at a gay bar,
2: mm.
1: actually, because I was going dancing with my gays.
2: Yeah. And he
1: called me up and asked what I was doing. I said, "Well, I'm going to a gay bar. If you want to come, He's like sure." He went. He had a blast. And but I was dancing with my friend who used to be a choreographer for the dance place people at uh, Great America, mm-hmm. uh, and they you know they have the productions, great dancers. So we were out there dancing. He's like, "You really can dance, like." I, you, know, you put uh, we met online so mm-hmm. you put in your profile you like to dance he said people say that and then they don't really dance he goes you actually can dance well, well thank you wow I liked it so yeah so I think I've always been a performer even when I was a kid because I used to love to dance mm-hmm. um but your
0: family because you know Danny Allen's a comedian he's yep. great and he's singers that's amazing
1: yeah now tell me his bit- brother is in a band. Danny's older brother is in a band. and He mm. plays a bass and sings. He's sing, like his mother. He has the voice like his mom. So, wow. I don't know if Danny can sing. I know I can't. <laughs> I don't have to ask Danny It's hard. Sing?
0: I just started learning how to sing because I play music, and now I'm singing my own stuff. I have to sing boy it's parts because my voice boy is part. so deep. If I, if I, you know, it's
1: like Celine Dion. No, no, no maybe no. like Willie Nelson or uh, uh, there you go. Somebody I don't know Froggy from Our Gang or something uh, like that. Bob Dylan, maybe. Bob, oh God. <laughs> I can't stand that music. That's the other thing. I'm not a and not, not a hippie person. I'm very, very R and B. I like I like my uh, you know I like my hip hop. I mean I just like I said I just heard Vanilla Ice and Bobby Brown. I was mm. like all happy. I love those stations. So
0: tell me a bit about your comedy inspirations and your creative process when it comes to constructing a joke.
1: It's you know it's interesting. I guess inspirations. I just like to make people happy. I think you know. Growing up the way I did, there was a lot of stress and a lot of... And I I use humor as a defense mechanism. I mean, big time. I think a lot of comics probably do. I mean, you know, people say, oh, comics are such a damaged people. We're all damaged people. Everybody's Mm -hmm. got some type of damage going on, whether it's big or small. We've all got our thing. And I always used it as a defense mechanism. When I felt uncomfortable or felt picked on as a kid or anything, I would make a joke. And it, I would almost turn it around on them where I would insult them, you know, or I would be like, I'd snap them, you know, I'd snap it back at them. And I do that now. Like, I mean, to have my child, I had seven miscarriages. People ask me to say, my God, you say that so, like, it doesn't affect you. I said, well, I got him. I'm on number eight. But even when I had to go in for the procedures after, you know, when I had the miscarriages, I was cracking jokes and the doctor looked at my husband in time and said, what is going on with her? And he goes, this is how she copes. Yeah. And I just let her go. And he knows that he knows that I need when things are so out of control, I need to bring it down a little bit to make things feel comfortable for me. And I think that was just growing up. I started doing that. So I think, you know, there's that. Um, so then I look at things, I do a lot of comedy about life, my, mostly my life, there's the self-deprecation and stuff, self-deprecation and stuff like that, but it's like things I see and things I go through, you know, and, um, a lot of it comes from pain, a lot of it comes from good things, you know, and, uh, I basically, what'll happen, like I, actually this just happened when I was blow-drying my hair this morning, I was thinking about, I need this joke, I need, I want some quicker jokes, because I'm a storyteller joke, I do tell mm-hmm. stories. Sometimes they can be too long, especially if you only have a short period of time. So I'm like, there's a couple jokes that I don't like the tag, or I don't like the way the punch goes. It kind of maybe drags it down or something. So I was thinking about how as I was going to change it, and it always happens when I'm doing something weird, like driving or blow drying my hair. And I was blow drying my hair, so I came downstairs and asked my husband. He goes, "That might be a good way, but you might want to. You're going to have to say it completely different mm-hmm. because the way that I do it now." it wouldn't work if that's where I ended it. And so I, I consult with him a lot now, but when I was, when I was starting... He's your
0: filter. He's he a, is. He actually... Yeah.
1: And he pays attention to jokes. Like when he goes to a show, which he doesn't go that much anymore because somebody has to stay home with our son. Yeah. Um, but when he went, he would like watch what I like watch my my demeanor on stage my stage presence the way I walked my animation Mm -hmm. facial expressions he was really he's like he was really good and he still is which is nice because before I didn't have that so it was like talking with other people and stuff but I would record everything and listen to it. I didn't videotape it a lot, um, which I hated because I hate my voice. So I would just sit there going, oh, I sound terrible.
0: I still haven't record- recorded myself. Uh, you know... It, I still haven't gone there yet.
1: If you record yourself video, don't ever fast-forward if you use your hands a lot because I look like a cheerleader because my <laughs> hands were flying all over the place when I fast-forwarded. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God, yeah. I look ridiculous. Yeah. But it's good to watch yourself, I think, because you watch other comics and you do, I mean... Nobody likes going to comedy shows with me because I don't laugh as much as maybe my friend who's not in comedy would. Because I'm actually thinking when everybody laughs, I'm like, why did that joke make, why did they laugh at that? How did they say it? What what hit? What? And I start doing that in my head. I still do that to this day. I laugh, but I don't laugh as hard as maybe I would if I wasn't thinking, like, impressed and thinking, hey, or, or why did that not work? Like, there was a joke the other night at the caravan that I thought was absolutely hysterical and I laughed really hard and nobody else did. Yeah. I was like, why didn't anybody find that funny? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking that was really funny, but that just shows how different, you know, that's why there's so many different types of comics because there's so many different ways to interpret things. Um, so I just try to find, I try to find, in the beginning I found that I was doing a lot of a, making, uh, making the joke about other people. Mm. And I think as a, especially as a female comic, you look catty. So I turned anything that even if it was a true story about a friend of mine, it was always about me. And I never use names unless mm-hmm. it's my husband, because he's my husband, and he just has to deal with it. But like, if I say a friend of mine, I don't say my friend Joey or my friend Tammy or whatever. I say, I I just say my friend because if they're in the audience, I did that once, and it was a really not nice joke about a girlfriend of mine who oh, was no. a little promiscuous, and she was there, and I said her name, and oh, she we don't talk anymore. Actually, I think about is that it. what did it? Is? No, actually okay. it wasn't. We just you know friends go she moved and so that was it so we don't really talk that much we weren't that close but Mm. so I think um my community process is just if I get an idea I write the idea down somewhere I I mean it could be on a napkin even if I have no joke no premise no nothing but if I see something I go oh my god that was so funny about that pigeon write down pigeon and and what maybe a couple notes about it and then I go back to it a little bit later and I start developing it and then i talk i i used to practice in front of a television actually because it helps you deal with like movement and talking of other people Mm. so i used to do my practice my set while the tv was on so that if something big happened on the television like an explosion or something it'd be like if a waitress dropped a tray oh that's interesting i used to do that a lot in the beginning i used to did that come
0: from your journalism training where, you know, I don't know where that came from. Okay. I think it's because
1: I like TV. To be honest yeah. with you, I don't know if it was. I don't think it was super conscious at first. Uh huh. But then I thought about because I would see when I was working at the comedy club how some comics, especially in open mic night, would get distracted if a server walked up and had to be right there, or dropped something, or if the bar made a big noise in the back, or somebody got up to go to the bathroom. And you don't always have to say something, it's especially sometimes people f- are nervous to go to the bathroom because they're afraid the comic's going to say something. But they gotta go to the bathroom, and you don't want them to feel uncomfortable, yeah. unless you or, t- or the dreaded front seats. Oh yeah, God! But the front seats are the best. I always tell people. I know. It, it, I mean, there are people that do pick on it, but I mean, if, as you know, if there's nobody in front, you feel like you're talking to nobody. Yeah. You know, especially if it's lit and you can't see past the third row, you don't even know if anybody's the fuck out there, and yeah. unless they laugh, so. But I did that. I used to do that. I still do that. I also, when I go to a gig, I am I have the radio on and I'm saying my set as I'm driving. Not, you know, not methodically, but I'll be like, oh, let's go over that joke. And I say it and, you know, it's just to practice, get it in my head. And um, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm doing something very visual, sometimes I do it in front of mirror just to see if my animation actually goes with what I'm saying. I used to do that. But it's, um, I don't write, I used to write the jokes out word for word and I don't do that anymore. And Mm -hmm. I think it's because I got so married to being a journalist. I got married to the words. Yeah. And if I missed a, the, Oh my God, it was like in my head, the whole, I, (laughs) it's stuck in my head the whole night. And I'm like, did I really need the, the, I don't, (laughs) I don't think so. But I, am you know, so now I just like, I went in, um, I went to do, I didn't do caravan. I think I did Pete's room, Woodham's and i had just gone to a indoor play place with my son and there was this crazy slide we went down and i didn't really write a joke about it but i it was so crazy funny to me I said i'm going to work it out and some so i do work I, I do what a lot of people say don't do i work a lot out on stage mm. that's why we have open mics though i think you're yeah. not going to do that if you go to a paid gig i mean cuz they want you to have your polished ten you want your best ten they don't want you working stuff out when they're paying you money to be there to entertain their audience so i uh, bet it opened myself to what they're there for you you go there and you, if you have an idea sometimes you t- it's best to talk it out and see reactions yeah
0: that's approach i usually take and too. that's why
1: it's good to record because i don't know about you no. but i'll forget what the hell i said half the time if i'm up there for 10 minutes i'm say i yeah. love that joke about blah blah blah, and they are like shit did i talk about that yeah. i don't remember it and like sometimes i'll watch a comic and i'll love one of their jokes and then they'll be keep going And then I want to tell them how much I like that joke, but I actually forgot what the joke was because I was listening to their other jokes. And it's – I don't know if that's age. Could be. (laughs) Could be. Stop drinking so much wine at the shows, Tina. Maybe that's it. But I know me and my Um. wine at Caravan, people think that's so funny. (laughs) What are some tips you would give to
0: any, you know, people considering doing comedy and starting out, you know, both uh, as a female – or in general well, as a comedian.
1: Females have I mean it, you hear it all the time but female it, it used to be just a boys club and it's still a boys club. It's it's but there are come I and you can do it. You just have to kind of you need to be yourself and not try to be a boy. I think that's the mm-hmm. biggest thing I can say. I see a lot of girl comics go out there and try to talk like a truck driver or a sailor when you know that's not their personality. You can look at them and realize that in everyday life, like me, I kind of, I kind of curse like a taxi cab driver every now and again. You know, I got, I got a little, I got a little roughness to me. But then you see this sweet little thing go up there and they're pretty and they're cute and they're cursing like a sailor. And it's just... And they're talking about how guys won't sleep with them. And you know every guy in that room wants to sleep with every them. Every comedian like, wants to sleep with them. Seriously, I'm kind yeah. of going, honey, you could yeah. have a wart on your nose. And there's at least one guy in here that wants to sleep with you. But no, but it's like when, they talk, when they're when they not being genuine and they're trying to be something else, that's what I have noticed a lot. And I did that, too. I mean, I'm not just saying it's other people. I did that in the beginning, too, where I was trying to be real rough and get the dick jokes in there, even though I don't have a dick. It's like... <laughs> How am I talking about penis when I don't even have one, unless I unless should talk about it in a different way, but trying to be that tough person. So I gave that up real fast. Um, and just not thinking of yourself as a female comic, you are a comic, just mm-hmm. like anything else. You're a comic. And, and there are going to be men and there's going to be women in that audience that I mean, I do a bunch of jokes. There's a new one that I just started doing about menopause. Now, most men don't want to hear about menopause. They don't want to think about it. They don't want to know. They want to know. Why not? It think... has the word men on there. That's what you would think. That's what you would think. But it, there's the pause part that they don't, uh. the men pause shit, you know. And <laughs> But the way I do it, it's more, it, it, women understand it and men see a humor side in it. And it took a while to develop that. But that's what you got to do. You got to find that, you got to find what makes you comfortable. And I think when you first start, realize you're not going to get the sitcom you might mm-hmm. I mean it happens but it's rare also in this area you know it's it's not like it used to be where bookers were going to all the different open mics they don't have to the comics come to them now the agents come to them they don't have to go out and see I mean even in LA they don't do it that much anymore where mm-hmm. you know the people go out and scout people it happens but not as much and out here, it's very it's very competitive. There's a lot of good comics out here. I mean, there's lots of great comics who will never get on the Comedy Central. I mean, people ask me all the time what my favorite comics are. And I mention them. They're like, I don't know who that person is. I'm like, yeah, well, you haven't seen them on Comedy Central, but they were just at Improv, at Roosters, at Punchline, or whatever. They're in the comedy
0: circuit. Exactly. Yeah.
1: And they're great, you know. And um, it's unfortunate that you can't get there. But I think you just need to realize it's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. It's a lot of driving for 10 minutes and no money. And mm-hmm. that's okay. You just gotta, you gotta, you gotta do it on your terms and realize that it's not all glamour. It's actually very unglamorous. It's not, you know, I mean, some green rooms are a shack or outside or, you know, there's no green room. You're not getting your free drinks. You're not getting, you know, catering and stuff like that. And then you have nice places that actually have some things like that. But just realize that, you know, it's 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 always growing, too. You're always changing things. You're, you change as a person. Like, if if I look at the stuff I did when I first started, I don't think there's a joke that I do that, that I started with. Maybe, maybe, maybe I've changed it. Mm-hmm. But there's different things. Like, different things are important. I used to talk about dating and about being single and stuff like that, and now I'm married with a kid. <laughs> so I don't... I mean, I could talk about going out and screwing all these men, I kind of do it in a past tense and I hook it up to where I am now. So I have changed it and I still get to talk about it. But it's not like I'm sitting here and they're going, yeah, old lady, you're out there at 12 o'clock at night picking up all the young studs. No, I don't think so. You know, and so you have to be believable. I think Mm -hmm. that's a big thing is you need to be believable and not you know, like I don't do drugs, and that's a big thing. I notice I always laugh when I go to comedy things. I'm like, oh my God, am I the only person in the room who doesn't smoke pot? It seems like it because every comic's talking about smoking pot, smoking pot, smoking pot, and I don't do it. So I address that that I'm the only I'm the only person who doesn't smoke pot and why I don't smoke pot and stoners will get it. It's, mm-hmm. it because they're like no we don't want you around. I'm the paranoid one I'm the one that nobody wants at the party that they're all high and happy and I'm like oh my god oh my god oh my god you know and and I do that I talk about that and it's very funny so I can still do a drug joke but it's not about me doing drugs because truthfully since I don't do drugs people who do drugs in the audience would know I'm totally lying mm-hmm. totally lying about my, how I act yeah you know I actually was doing a joke about the 420 games which were I saw this in a newspaper and I thought it's like an, it's like an Olympic event for people who smoke pot. Yes. And I was like, what the hell does that look like? You know, yeah. like they're in the marathon and like two miles in, they're like, whoa, where am I? You know? And, yes. but, and I couldn't do a stoner because I'm like, I've, I've never been that stoned. I don't know exactly how to act like a stoner. So, uh-huh. but I did it and it was pretty funny, but it was just sometimes you gotta, you gotta do what you know. I think that's the big thing. I think when you start trying to like, I don't do political humor. There are great political humor comics like Will Durst. Man knows his politics, knows what he's talking about. My cousin Daniel does a lot of stuff about politics. He's very into Daniel, he's gonna be pissed that I called him Daniel. Danny. Danny. Yeah. He's Daniel to me. He has um, great political jokes. Yes, yeah. he's very and he's very much into that. And he is knowledgeable about it. He's a history teacher. He's into history. He's into politics. I could care the F less. And sometimes he educates me when he does a joke because I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that. I, and I don't, I don't have that knowledge. So for me to go up there and talk and try to do a joke like Danny or Will Durst does about, you know, politics, it would not come off as of authentic if people would not find it funny. And I think that's where people get a little bit caught up is they want to try to do stuff to seem edgy or to seem current and you know i mean for me i love i love stars i like to you know the gossip so i'll do stuff about that i'm not going to talk about bernie sanders i mean donald trump's making it a little bit easier because he's kind of a crossover yeah you know he was was the star and now he's the jerk i mean sorry um but you know it's just but it's stuff like that i think i think as a comic yeah, and you have to write. You have to write all the time. Whether you're just writing bullet points, everybody's got a different way of doing it. Um, like that movie I said I was showing you, Larry, he writes stuff down on a notepad. Will Durst types it up on a computer and has like a whole script that he goes through. And Dana Carvey was on it. His are note, pages and pages of things he's typed. Yeah. Different people do it different way. Some people do it. Will Durst was talking about how he used to have note cards. And he used to write them all on note cards, and and he would do it that way, and he would just go through them and pick them out and arrange them. Everybody's got a different way of doing it, but you have to figure out what works for you and do that. And just, I think the biggest thing is enjoy it. Enjoy Mm. what you're doing. I mean, people are coming to see you because they want to get away from their lives or from their struggles or to see somebody else. Or just to kind of escape whether you're at the dive bar caravan where people are coming off of their jobs or coming off the Greyhound bus all right or you're going to a punchline or an improv or some or roosters where they actually have paid money and come to see a set show they're there for a reason and it's to be happy and and so you just need to remember that that they're on your side even though you don't that you're nervous and you've got all those butterflies they're on your side they're hoping that you are do what they came there to have them do. Make yeah. them laugh. And if you don't make them hysterically laugh, I think it's, it's really... I mean, you'd have to really offend an audience for them to just be like, well, whatever. They may not like your comedy. They may not be 100% um, on your side, but I don't think they're going to come out with a lynch mob. I mean, right. they came for the show, and there's also other comics. That's why there's so many different types of comics. There's comics that I don't like that are super popular, but it's just not my style. Right. And that's that's just it. And that's why I think I think you need to pick a style and you need to stick to it and work at it. It is it is like anything else. Actors don't just act. They take classes, they they do exercises. They they you know, heck, if they're going to be in a physical role, they change their physical appearance. You know, you think of Matthew McConaughey in Dallas Buyers Club. He became this skinny little thing and he did a great. you believed he had AIDS. Mhm. Then, if you're a comic, you need to believe that this person, what you're telling them is is true. Right. You know, I mean, Faco the other day at Caravan had the funniest, it was the stupidest joke in the whole world, but it was so funny. He was talking about the UFOs up in the sky. Yeah. Did everybody see, did you see him when he said <laughs> yeah. this? He said, all he said was, he was just standing, he goes, you see the UFOs in the sky, the lights? And he just sat there, everybody's like, yeah, yeah. And he just sat there and he had this completely crazy, like, oh my god look on his face he goes they're coming and i laughed for like 10 minutes it was just the way he said it it wasn't a joke but he looked like he earnestly believed they were gonna walk in the door right yeah. then he's like they're coming and i laughed for, and i told him when he came up i said i have to tell you that was the funniest part of your whole set tonight he said like, that wasn't even the joke i'm like it doesn't have to be the, I, I, everybody just saw you and saw your face and the way you said it you thought they are coming right the hell now and, yeah. and I think that's what it is mm. you know and I think that's I think that's the best thing I can say for comics is just it's a serious job that you do an, it, it, um, when you act like you're not serious sometimes but you, you are you're affecting people <clears throat> excuse me I swallowed wrong <clears throat> But, you know, people are affected by what you say and what you think, and they can identify. And I think every one of us can identify with everybody. If you've been at an open mic and they'll say something, oh, yeah, I remember that. You know, we got um, some of the guys come in, they're servers, and and they talk about being a server. I remember when I was a server, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're so right. I remember that. And there's people in the audiences that do that, too. Mm -hmm. You know, whatever job it is. You know, you go... Um, there's some that comics that are very technical and do nerdy stuff and engineering stuff, which is great. In the South Bay here, it's in San Jose area. There's so many engineers, so those shows do really well. But then again, pot shows do really well here too. So it's bizarre. It's like right. you got all these brainy nerdy guys who need to smoke pot. I guess I don't know. It's just but they you know there's there's a there's an audience for everybody. Amen to and that. You just have to find it and just have confidence. I think that's it, too. Just have confidence. confidence. goes a long way. It does. Because I've seen some, um, since I've been back, I've seen some newer comics go up. And you can tell right away they're not confident. But you know what? I wasn't confident when I first started, either. I was a nervous star. I still get a little nervous. It depends. It depends on where I am.
0: Nervous is good. Keeps on your toes. I think it does. Scared yeah. is a problem.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. true. They, especially it's it's kind of like because then they can see it and that's when you get hecklers exactly. that's when you get hecklers that you don't want to deal with exactly but I think nerves is good I think it shows that you're alive I think you're, it's showing that you know I'm always nervous that I'm going to forget what I'm going to say I'm going to forget my set that's my big and then I actually just did a show and I have this one joke that's like my signature joke about being a cougar Mm-hmm. And I didn't even do it. I completely forgot it. And I I got off stage and I went, oh my god, <laughs> I didn't I didn't need it obviously, but I was like, I didn't even do my joke. Yeah, the joke that I had been working on. for well, so long, That's a, eh.
0: that's how you know you had a good uh, set because like, if you forget to do your your big one, it's like that means that all your other ones were big, you know. Yeah,
1: I did. It was, and you know, and that's just it's. Just, but it happens. It happens. Yeah. It's like I always say to people who are getting married: know that there's going to be at least one thing. Whether it's big or small, that's going to go wrong on your wedding day, and there's absolutely nothing you can do about it.
0: Very You're, true. I learned that firsthand. My, I was the best man, and I almost lost the marriage certificate. Oh my! That's, uh, yeah, almost, almost. Which is funny because the cheapest thing in the marriage uh, wedding, but it's the most important thing. It's true. That's,
1: yeah, that's true. And you, but you can get another copy if you that's, said lost it. But no, uh, there's always something. There's for me I, that was not an a option. We had a small <laughs> thing at ours. My friend had yeah. a huge thing. It was oh, just. No it's just it, but it's that's what happens when you go to a comedy show there's gonna be something that's, there's gonna be something that goes wrong you mm-hmm. know or something that goes right and that's okay alright Tina where yes. can uh, people look you up well gosh I don't have a website anymore because as I when I took my year off I, I just kind of let it go and it, now I'm working on it again but I'm on Facebook it's under Tina Ellen Gallo and I'm gonna be getting a website here again soon because I've been working on stuff and I've been filming some stuff so because I'm like if you don't have a website you're nobody now I'm not on Twitter, believe it or not. What? I I have been avoiding that for years, but I think I'm gonna have to succumb. I think I'm gonna have to. Hmm. I don't know, but I think because I have a two year old who is I barely have time to go to the bathroom. You know, it's like I don't have time to be on the computer all the time. But and I'm gonna be let's see, I'm going to be around. I'm I I'm at you know I'm I'm in the South Bay a lot. Roosters Improv. I'm trying to get back up to the punchline, and you know I'm always at the guy. love the Caravan. That's one of my favorites right now for that and the Woodhams. I like going there for. Uh,
0: yeah, the caravan made a man out of me in comedy. I d- you
1: know it will because yeah. that's that's got some tough crazies in there. They got some <laughs> drunks that you, that are on their own level. Yeah, but yeah, so yeah, I'll be around. But yeah hook me up right up on me. There you go. I hope I wasn't too chatty. I'm so chatty when no. I'm doing these. You you
0: were great. Well, thank you. Mwah. Right. Bella. Ah, bella. Grazie, ah, bella. grazie. Thank you for it. coming though. Yeah, I much appreciate I it. Hope we had a good time.
1: It was fun. We learned lots about me. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> too much. Don't talk anymore. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thanks.